This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Kia ora, my name's Rex Lovegrove. And welcome to Colours of the Heart, looking at life's challenges from a place of presence and compassion. Imagine there's no heaven. Colors of the Heart, you're with Rex Lovegrove, and uh, I need to give my sponsors a, a plug, uh, Kiwi Bike, for loving me in their unique way, and of course, Access Radio Taranaki, thank you, my whanau. I have Dee Turner in the house. Now, Dee's been a regular um, um, person on the show. I've interviewed her a couple of times, and it's spring, Dee. It's spring, and, I, and, I, and when I walked in here, I could see the glow in your face. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 amazing smile and and you're in your element right now. So would you like to just um, kick the door down and talk about that that you're passionate about in regard to spring and the festival and all those things that are lighting you up at the moment, please? Yeah. Love. So um, obviously, springtime is probably one of the most exciting times of the year for a gardener. Um, we you know we sort of start thinking about spring like way back in July and August. Um, you're sort of going through your seed catalogue and ordering everything ready. And then um, and then as soon as the seeds turn up, you just sort them into, you know, um, into weeks, really, yes. um, when you're going to plant. And, um, you know, I don't have uh, a glass house or a, or a greenhouse or anything here. Um, I just use uh, recycled um, plastic boxes that I drill holes in. Um, just to let the air flow through. And um, I raise all my seedlings um, on my deck, as you've just seen. And, um, you know, whether that's sort of eggplants or tomatoes or lettuce or, um, you know, or, you know, any of the, the greens, uh, like silver beet, everything gets raised in those plastic boxes on the, on the beds. And then I just harden them off. Um, by just uh, taking the lids off during the day um, and um, putting them back on at night until they get used to the the sort of um, temperatures outside mm. and then I can just start planting up my gardens and um, you know gardeners are never really um, you know we don't just sit around during the winter months we do most of our prep work for springtime right. and so um, all of the you know the green manures get sort of dug in um, in springtime and all those lasagna layered beds that we've made with their carbon and nitrogen layers have all broken down really nicely and so you know putting seedlings straight into that they just get that immediate um, sort of big boost. Um, I know it's been a bit um, 
uh, touch and go with some people um, lately because we've had a couple of really random frosts. Mm. And um, I've visited a couple of gardens lately where um, all the tomatoes and zucchinis that were that were put out maybe a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, were just knocked out. Um, and um, I've actually planted out but put frost cloth. Um, over the top and, and protected them so you know still at this time of year we always think about Labor Day as being the day you mm. know to, to plant all of those summer seedlings but um, yeah they still need a little bit of protection at night right yeah, yeah. beautiful beautiful and, and obviously you're really passionate about it how many how many seedlings have you put down roughly because it looks like dozens and dozens and dozens yeah it's probably oh do I, quite a few hundred actually yes um, because I've got, um, you know, there's all of your greens, like your silver bee and perpetual spinach. Um, but then there's all of those, um, all of those greens that I just direct sow. So all the mizunas and the lettuce and the um, spring onions. Um, I've got radish. Uh, and I was just telling you um, earlier, I actually got puha as well. Oh. So, um, you know, collecting puha seeds is really um, easy. And, um, you know, they're great for, for boil-ups or even putting into salads. And you mentioned that, they're, you know, they are great for chooks as well. Um, and uh, and then, you know, um, all of your kumuratipu mm. um, at this time of year as well. Just about to, to plant mine out. Right. And um, but there's all your tomatoes, eggplants, capsicums. I mean, I've got a, just a garden full um, at the moment, which is really good because um, in just um, a couple of days' time, the Karamaki Garden Festival mm. starts, and um, my garden's open for that festival. Yes. And um, everyone expects to see lots and lots of seedlings and and stuff in the garden. Right, right. So yeah. you're obviously. Um, um, Put them for sale. There's, there's people can purchase that, that. That that puts a smile on their face. Yeah, not just the. I mean, I do sell a few of the um, annual seedlings. You know, mm. like pumpkins and um, and beetroots. But um, most of the plants I sell during the festival are actually perennials. Right. Um, and so they're the sort of plants that just keep giving. Um, when you put in a, a perennial, you know, like a um, a rhubarb plant mm. or a um, uh, oh, I can't think what else. Um, any of the ground covers. Yes. Um, things like lemon verbena, um, globe artichokes, um, any of the um, you know plants like gooseberries, black currants, boysenberries, all that sort of stuff. When you plant them, um, you don't really have to think about putting the seeds in every year. Yes. It's just a matter of, um, you know, they'll just start producing when the ground um, temperature is just right and there's enough sun hours mm. um, for them. I have been eating non-stop asparagus for the last six weeks. <laughs> I'm almost sped up of asparagus, but not quite. Um, and, you know, it's wonderful in the you know, early springtime, walking out through the food forest and just picking yourself enough asparagus for tea. Mm. I mean, it's truly wonderful. Uh, and that's what that's what perennial um, plants give you. Yes. I'd I'd rather I'd rather sell perennial plants so that people can, you know, um, just keep eating all the way through the year without having to think about it, really. Because you do nothing but eat from your garden, is that correct? Uh, that is correct. I mean, obviously, I still um, 
I still buy things, um, you know, like your, your coffee and your beer and wine. Although um, I'm actually making a lot more beer and wine um, since my garden's become a lot more mature. Um, you know, having a lot of fruit trees, um, damson wine is probably one of my most favourite um, wines. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't really buy vegetables. I still buy um, out-of-season fruits. Mm. Um, you know, you can keep apples and you can store apples, but um, only for, you know, around about four or five months. Right, right. Um, I, um, I store potatoes, and in fact, I'm still eating potatoes from last year. Because you grow a Māori potato too, if I remember mm. rightly. Yes. The beautiful kawiniwini. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just... Fabulous potato. In fact, I was actually um, saying to one of my friends, I was underneath my um, citrus uh, tree picking um, a ton of citrus. And you can actually see them sitting on, on the, the bench here. And um, while I was picking them up, I moved the mulch and there was a huge pile of muddy potatoes underneath the mulch because they're just growing all the way through the food forest down there. Mm. Um, and it's, it's great. It's great when you don't have to tend beds. Um, and that you can just wander through your food forest and um, the food's just there. It's a bit like me um, yesterday evening wandering through and picking the asparagus and picking some potatoes as well right. uh, and coming back up and um, I was like, well, there's like half of my tea, um, you know, and I'll just put something with it and, yeah, we'll call it done. Brilliant, brilliant, mm. brilliant. And I suspect your bees would be quite active right now too. Yes, they are. Um, that sort of springtime, they've sort of woken up um, and um, they're going crazy down there. Um, when you've got bees on a property, your pollination um, rate goes up hugely. So instead of just a few of the flowers being pollinated, every single one is pollinated. And so you actually you know, end up having to take fruit off. You've got so much of it. Um, And um, I was just wandering down through um, some of the Louisa plums um, in the food forest. And just about every single flower has been pollinated. There's probably about 600 tiny little um, uh, plums that have that have set down there. And, um, you know, I would be quite worried thinking, oh, I'm going to have to you know, take off about 400 of them. But I know over the next two weeks, the kereru will come down into the garden, pluck off 400 of them, mm-hmm. and um, and then I'll just net them against them taking any more. And the kereru have done my um, my pruning job for wow, me. Wow, wow, brilliant. So, yeah, it's brilliant, great. Brilliant. Hey, Fano, you're with Colours of the Heart, and you. we will pause for a moment. And if you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for cure.
Hey, welcome forward to Colours of the Heart. And I've got Dee Turner in the house and she's really excited about spring and what's ahead and the festival and permaculture. And for those who don't understand permaculture, I have a ninja warrior, an expert associated with that that is permaculture. So Dee, please take the floor and explain that that you love, please. Yeah, so um, permaculture is... Um it's just a design system for the garden and um, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing technical about it and um, it's just about um, putting together your garden so that it's the easiest for you to manage. Mm. Um, it really, really cuts down on the amount of work um, that you put into the garden. But a, a permaculture garden might look a little bit different from the usual garden that you're, you're used to seeing. Um, there's a distinct lack of grass. Um, I've got a, an, a one acre property here, so 4,000 square meters, and the only grass on the property is three tiny strips down the driveway, um, and that's it. Um, the rest of the property is just um, covered in ground covers and mulch. Mm. And um, so I don't have to do any mowing at all. And I can spend uh, more time sitting around on my deck looking at my garden um, rather than working in it. Um, and um, it's one of the things that um, I'm, I hope to do during the garden festival. I mean, every single day at 11 o'clock, I give a talk. Um, it's supposed to last an hour um, and I'm usually battling my way back up, um, you know, after about an hour and three quarters with people still saying, and can you just tell me about this? Um, but what I'm hoping to do um, in the uh, during that talk is to just give people an outline of you know what it is to have a permaculture garden when you come into the garden uh, here you think oh well it's a lovely it's a lovely garden or it's it's got some nice flowers over there and i can see some vegetables but what you're actually seeing is that is a whole design system and uh, this whole um one acre property only takes me an hour a week to maintain during the winter months and it only takes me four hours a week um during high summer when i'm hard harvesting every single day. Um, so that's a permaculture system. And um, what I'm hoping to do during that, the talk when people are here is just to, to really show them um, what they're seeing um, and how it works. Mm. I mean, I've got things like, you know, in situ worm farms. So I've even bypassed that whole idea of, you know, having a worm farm and having to dig the vermicast out to put in my garden. No, let's just have the worms do it. They start to move the vermicast around and I don't even have to dig it out. So with, with permaculture systems, we're looking at the, the least amount of work possible. And it's one of the reasons that I, I really enjoy, you know, perennial ground covers. And um, usually you smell and taste your way around the garden. And that's what I encourage people to do when they come here. I'm always giving people leaves to, um, to test out. Um, and I say to them, just smell it. Um, and um, if you're feeling very brave, taste it. Um, you know, there's an awful lot of leaves in the garden that you wouldn't just eat, but you might want to make uh, tea out of. Um, and um, there's some quite interesting um, pr 
perennial roots that people have just not tried before. Mm. Um, you know, like yakon or Jerusalem artichoke. Um, yakon being uh, a really beautiful sweet root, um, and um, and just yeah, just cutting down on work for people in their garden. Um, when we when we walk down into the food forest, there's just this you know big space with lots of mulches. Um, pruned trees that I that you can actually reach the top um, tier of and um, lots and lots of beautiful ground covers and plants that are looking after those trees for me. Um, it's all about um, enjoying your walk around the garden and not just seeing your garden as work. A permaculture garden isn't work. It's a beautiful space to grow food and with minimal effort um, you get to have abundance um, and um, still get something great to look at as well. Yeah, I, I remember when I did your course, I don't know, six months back maybe, and I, I still remember it really clearly, you saying that the real work is in the planning. <laughs> this <laughs> takes up all your time and the rest of it is breezy. Uh, what is, what, what, I mean, obviously you love doing what you do, and you run courses too. Would you like to talk a little bit about that, Dee? Yeah, so, um, you know, if you really want to know more about permaculture, um, I, I run uh, weekend permaculture courses. Um, and there's one which is called the Introduction to Permaculture. And it shows you how to design your garden space, no matter what the size of your garden. It gives you sort of um, tips and tricks to, to make a start. Mm. And... Um, and then I run another one, which is um, a food forest weekend, and it showed, which I think is the one you did. Aye. Um, and I, it's it really shows you how to um, set out um, a food forest and how to get the maximum amount of production into the smallest amount of space, but also to make it really low maintenance mm. um, at the same time. And I've just recently put together two more. Um, weekend courses. Um, one is all about structures in the garden, you know, how we can um, build structures to make it um, very, very low maintenance. Um, so. so if someone wanted to, to do that, that you do, yep. how would they get in contact with you? Um, just go on to my website, um, so Corito, so www.corito.co.nz. Mm. And all my details are on there, and some great pictures of the of the property as well. And um, yeah, come and um, come and have a wander through during the garden festival. It's on for ten days. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! Hey, look, you 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 showed me some of what you've done, and the place actually looks really beautiful. When you when you think about nature's design, sometimes it can be a bit rough and organic, but this is actually picturesque, isn't it? Quite a lot of people say that to yeah, me, and yeah. yet it's the plants themselves that makes it picturesque. Yeah. I mean, there is a few pretty mosaics um, out there, but I think it's the little low wall structures um, and um, and the plantings um, that make it look pretty. I think some people come into this garden thinking, oh, right, it's just a fruit and vegetable garden, isn't it? <laughs> um, a little bit pleasantly surprised um, at the, the diversity in the garden and the fact that um, for all the fruit and vegetables, it can still look quite attractive. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, this has just popped up into my, into my mind, is that recently I saw a, a, a shot, a, a video of Stratford and it was snowing 
and these trees were in blossom. You know, it's probably probably um, um, a hundred year event. W what do you think is causing that? You know, what is what do you think is taking place in our society or in our environment for that to happen? Like, well, I mean, late frosts have um, uh, have happened before, and um, you know, there's been snow on Taranaki on Christmas Day um, before now. Yeah. Um, I remember a few years ago when I was when I was up there. They're just freak events, and I think that as gardeners, um, we just need to be aware that those freak events can happen. Mm, yeah. I mean, you could blame it on climate change, but I think that these sorts of things have you know have happened. Um, before, certainly um, in the 20 years that I've been in Taranaki. Mm. Um, I think that as, uh, you know, that sort of Boy Scout, be prepared. Um, <laughs> get out your frost cloth and, um, you know, drape it over um, all of those tender plants. Right. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, you know, my maples got hit by the frost and that's never happened before. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, quite a, quite a strange event, that one. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, um, um, elephant garlic, could you talk about that? It's because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so easy to grow because, um, um, just main, mainstream, you know, um, garlic, um, really gets garlic rust, something chronic, and mm. it doesn't seem to affect the elephant garlic at all. And uh, I use it um, to stop black spot um, in my fruit trees. So it sits um, around my fruit trees in one of the uh, plant guilds. So just about every tree in my food forest, and that's just about every one of them, that suffers from black spot, um, I plant elephant garlic um, in and around. And it's pretty amazing. Um, it really, really limits my um, black spot. Yes. It's a bit like... Um, you know, there's all these techniques that you can use for cutting down um, pests and diseases in your garden. And um, something I use really early springtime, so I was using it about um, six weeks ago, was a seaweed spray. And I, I use it on all my stone fruits and uh, it stops um, leaf curl. Wow. Um, so it's it's fabulous. Um, so forget about your coppers, which isn't really an organic substance, and um, spray seaweed. Right. Um, same for your tomatoes as well. You know, we often, you know, worry about um, tomatoes and potatoes getting blight. Um, yeah, seaweed spray is going to work every time. Um, and, I, and that's... You know, that is part of permaculture, that's intrinsic in permaculture. Having um, things in our garden that, um, you know, natural products that we can just use mm. um, to cut down instead of poisoning. What about white butterfly? What do you do to it? Um, that is, um, you just don't grow um, any green brassicas during the summer months. You grow red brassicas, you'll find that the cabbage white butterfly doesn't um, like red as much as it likes green, unbelievably. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, I just walk away um, from brassicas during the, um, the summer months. There's all those amazing um, summer veggies um, to eat. Mm. We weren't meant to eat. You know the same vegetables 12 months of the year we can do that because the supermarkets have them in their horrendous prices um but you know you should just eat with the seasons um and um you know my, i've got a few cabbages in there 
they'll be finished in a, in a few weeks time and then I'll just move into summer crops mm. and um, you know that's what my body needs at, at this time of year as does everybody's it's not to think about um, keeping to you know having these five or six staple vegetables 12 months a year um, move on and experience something new Brilliant. Hey, hey, D, I've loved once again having you on the show, and I will be asking you forward. <laughs> I will be asking you forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Fano, if you haven't been told today, and you have, you are cared for. Kia ora. Thank you for your time and your ears. If you are inspired and stimulated by what has been said, you can contact me at Mountaintop Life Coaching and look forward to hearing your feedback. If you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for. Kia ora. Imagine there's no heaven. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.